everyone doing this afternoon? Y'all look awesome. Are y'all ready for Christmas? Y'all don't sound too pumped about it. <laughs> the most stressful time of the year for many. Uh, I pray for y'all. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> but every time I say otherwise, so I'm just going to stay silent on the subject. We only have two passages of Scripture out of the book of Romans that we're going to cover tonight. Y'all notice how I, how I preface that, right? Uh, which we're only going to end with the other scripture, so it shouldn't be shouldn't be too long tonight. But the the subject matter that we're going to cover tonight is of the utmost importance. Uh, so I would just ask that y'all would. Uh, I'm going to open us up in prayer over the scripture, and I ask that y'all would just be praying for me um, in this. It's, like I say, we may be out of here in ten, fifteen minutes. Um, <laughs> Did I just jinx myself? That was, that was, that might have been it. That might have been it. But it, it, you never know. You never know. Y'all been praying. Y'all are praying church, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm going to have to ask for forgiveness. No. It may very well be 15 minutes. If y'all let me get started, y'all are going to have to, y'all are going to have to settle down. Okay, I'm going to open this up in prayer. It is hot up here all of a sudden. <laughs> Bobby, it's your fault. <laughs> no, 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 I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Let's pray. Lord, um, I am uh, so humbled to be able to stand and preach your word to your people. Um, it is such a a weighty thing. Um and and even as I reflect on the weight of the responsibility of preaching your word to your people, um, I'm reminded to pray for my uh, brothers here who have also been called to preach your word. Um, so I just want to, Lord, say thank you for them. Um, thank you for the calling that you've placed on their lives. Thank you for the personalities and... Uh, and, and everything, every gift that you've given to them, Lord, uh, I, I praise you for the way that you uh, that you complement your church, that you give out gifts according to your plan and your Holy Spirit for your purposes, and you do it in such a way that only you can get glory for it at the end of the day. Um, Lord, I just ask that you would uh, give us uh, beautiful feet that would go and share your gospel. Lord, that, that that may be said of of us, and I pray for my brothers here who have been called to preach uh, to preach the word of Christ, that, uh, that you would bless them with beautiful feet in all the places that they, uh, that they go, um, and that you would lead them in your word to preach truth, Lord. Um, as we open up your word tonight uh, for your church, um, my prayer is that you would uh, ready us, Lord, as we look at this just short run of text tonight, and we we see and and we reflect on on just exactly where this text is placed, um, Lord, as we've been digging and digging and digging through chapter nine, now we're in chapter ten 
of the book of Romans, and we've been digging into these heavy, heavy truths. And 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 last week, and now this week, we kind of uh, have been reflecting on 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 how crazy it is that in the middle of these depths that you that you've placed these truths uh, in Scripture for us to give us hope, uh, Lord, that as we proclaim the gospel to hardened hearts, that we know and we're confident in the fact that this gospel can break through stony ground. And I just pray that as church, um, I pray that, that tonight you would give me words to say to encourage uh, my church family here um, and that they would be encouragers uh, to those who may not have been able to make it back uh, to the service tonight with us, that we would, as a body of believers, concern ourselves with the lost, that we would concern ourselves with the fact that there are places and people today who have never heard the gospel. That that would be something that weighs heavy on us, that, Lord, man, I think it's so awesome that we can come in here and we can we can kid and we can joke and we can have fun and we can laugh. You've given us all of these emotions and all of these things are, are good, good things, Lord. But um, let us never lose sight of while we're here, as we enjoy these good gifts that we know as believers we will enjoy for eternity without weight or worry, that as we live this life that you've left us here in to live out for your glory, uh, as we walk day to day, that we would understand the weight, uh, the responsibility that you've given us a truth that we are to share with others and that we are supposed to pour out our lives so that those who have not heard will hear. Lord, let that weigh on us tonight, though we, though we have happy and joyous hearts, though we're in this time of the year where we're rejoicing about you sending Christ to the world, I, I pray that we never lose sight that Christ died on a cross and he sent out preachers into the world. And we're here today because he has, you have continued to be faithful in that. Uh, thank you for Christ. Thank you for the cross. Lord, let us preach it faithfully until you return. It's in Christ's name for his glory. Amen. I'm not past my 15 minute mark yet. <laughs> that was a pretty long, that was a pretty long prayer. <laughs> Maybe not. Okay, so we're going to be in chapter 10 of the book of Romans. Like I mentioned last week, we've got kind of this two week span of time that we're kind of uh, going to catch a breather in the scripture as far as kind of, kind of plumbing the depths of God's sovereignty, God's providence, God's election, all of these kind of deep, deep things that we've been digging in up to this point. I wanted us to kind of take the opportunity in last week and now this week to kind of look and maybe catch our breaths a little bit before we dive back down into it. Um, last week we ended in chapter 10, verse 13, um, and I want us to just reflect on the truth of that text before we jump into 14, but I want us to understand that the thought, the idea that's coming into verse 13 is slowing directly into 14, directly into 15, and on throughout. So just keep that in mind tonight as we reflect on this amazing 
truth that we find in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 13. I'm going to read this a couple of different times because from where we're sitting in this book, in this text, this truth is something that needs to be lodged into our hearts. Verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. And how does that verse end? Will be saved. Is there a question mark at the end there? Is there any doubt? Is there any question? Will there be anyone who calls on the name of the Lord who will be turned away? Will there be anyone who is put to shame? What does God's Word say to us about those who would call on the name of the Lord? What does it tell us? Very clearly, it tells us what. They will be saved. So if I ask you, if someone calls in the name of the Lord, what's going to happen? What is our response? Without question it is, they will be saved. For, for What does the Scripture say? For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This truth for us is the biggest of hopes. The biggest of hopes. If we're thinking about the gospel and what the gospel offers, the simplicity of what we find in chapter 10 verse 13 should overwhelm us. When we're thinking about the difficulty of the gospel, when we're thinking about the complexity of the gospel, when we're thinking about what must someone do to be saved, what part do we play in this? Let us fall back to this truth. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved without question. Will be saved. But let us understand that verse 13 flows into verse 14 and 15. And as we consider that anyone, everyone who calls on the name of Christ, that they will be saved, let us reflect on what of those who do not know or hear the name of Christ. Do you know, do you know, do you understand that it would simply take a generation or two of us sealing our lips here in the United States for our country, our people, to become an unreached people? Do we get that? Do we get that if we as the church stay silent in proclaiming the Word of God, that our that the generations that come after us will essentially be unreached. Do we, do we get the importance of us today in the local church being faithful to the truth of God's Word? The truth of God's Word. Not just simple things, not just that we've got Bibles that we occasionally open up, but do we understand the truth of God's Word being preached and proclaimed as a necessity for the life of the church that we're in today? Do we pray 
as believers, does it concern us enough to pray for the preaching of God's Word to ourselves? Do you pray for your pastor as you should? Do you pray for him daily that God would speak to him day by day so that he may lead us? Do you pray for the past or the preachers that God has raised up here? How many do we have here? One, two, three on a single row. If you're a preacher here tonight, just raise your hand up. So this is preacher's row apparently. <laughs> Don't sit here unless you want the calling. <laughs> you're awfully close, David. I'm just telling you, you're one, you're one row away, man. <laughs> <laughs> Be nervous. Do you pray for these? <laughs> Do you pray for these men in the paths that God's setting before them? Do y'all pray for me? As I teach through the book of Romans, do you do you pray for me that I would preach truthfully, clearly, passionately to you? Do we concern ourselves with the preaching of the gospel? Do we know without a doubt that this truth that we find in 13 for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved has one major contingency. That they must know the one on whom they are going to call. And if they do not, church, what hope do they have? What hope is there without the proclamation of the gospel? None. So, just for the sake of review, I think we're here. I don't think that I have to continually tell you this again and again and again. I think we get that everyone's sinners and are lost without the gospel. Right? What of those who have never heard the gospel? What of their final destination? Do they have hope in maybe? Maybe. Do they have hope in a get out of jail free card because they never heard the gospel? No. Because they're going to hell. Not because they never heard the gospel. They're going to hell because they hate God. And they are sinners. And the gospel is the only hope that they have. So for those who will die today, and here's here, this should... This should we should not be able to say this without it just causing silence and and maybe a, a dimming down of our moods. But do you understand that in all likelihood there are not in all likelihood there there are those who will die today who have never heard the gospel. Do we think about that? I would probably say we don't think about it as much as we should. Would y'all agree with me on that? That when we think about that, that that's not really a fun thing to think about. Right? Can we all agree on the fact that to think that there will be someone that dies today, someone likely has already died, many tens or hundreds or maybe even thousands or potentially within our lifetime, millions 
of people dead, never having heard the only hope that could save them. Does that concern us as a church? Like, does it truly concern us as a church? Or do we concern ourselves with much lesser things than this? Here's, here's what I want us to start thinking about as a church. If we're not already, these are things that I want us to start thinking about. What part can we play? And you can play a part. Do, do you believe that you can play a part in, in reaching people who have not yet heard, that do not have access to the gospel? I'm not talking about they've got family that just haven't mentioned it to them. I'm talking about there are people who don't have Bibles in their language. That if you were a preacher called to them, to preach to them, the first thing you would have to do is learn their language and then translate from whatever language is native to your heart to them to proclaim the gospel to them. What part can we play? What part can you as an individual and what part can we as a church play in this because we know we're not going to be able to stand before God and say, I was dumb and did not know this truth. Right? I know, you know that there are people who need the gospel because without it, they're sinners bound for hell. And you know that you've got money. Do you have money? <laughs> Izzy doesn't have money. One day you'll get a job. <laughs> you'll have some. <laughs> Listen to this <laughs> video then and ask yourselves how many of us this month are worried more about who we're going to buy gifts for that we really wish we didn't have to buy gifts for. We feel kind of obligated into it because they bought us one. And they don't even know he's born. Because they don't celebrate his birth everywhere. They don't even know his name. And we are so concerned about the season that we're in. And the gifts that we will buy. And we concern ourselves so little with eternal things. Is this not a true statement? Is this not an absolute true statement? When we reflect on the care and concern and how much we go out of our way to buy gifts for people that they're going to throw them away. We'll say, I'm gonna, we're gonna do $25 dirty Santa so you ain't gotta spend so much money. And what if the church spent $25, an individual, to try to get Bibles to people? And so many of us are gonna have these little $25 things that we're either gonna throw in the trash, we're gonna try to re-gift these things, or maybe next year they'll forget that they gave it to me and I'll give it back. To them, <laughs> right? Are we concerned? And this, like, I don't know how to, like, I don't want to yell, like, 
I really don't want to like. But in my heart, like this works me up. To think that we concern ourselves more for trinkets than souls. Like we concern ourselves more over trinkets. Over things that will be dust in a hundred years than souls. Do we not? Verse 14, how then will they call on Him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him of whom they have never heard? And the answer to that is, what? They can't. They can't. If they have never heard of Christ, they cannot believe in Christ. If they do not place their faith in Christ, what of their destination? Hail. Not because God is unfair or unjust. Because I can tell you that the judge of all the earth will judge rightly. And do you know those who have never heard the name of Christ are sinners as much as you were sinners? Do you know why you believe today? Christ came and preached the gospel about Himself. Called unto Himself a handful of men and sent them out to risk their lives. And they did. And we are here today because God has been moving from generation to generation in the calling of preachers, in the building of His church, unfailing throughout time, unfailing throughout history, even today in this very place, He's moving to sin. Preachers, Kobe. The sermon today, I pray, is tilling the ground of the heart of our church, so that if God is still working in your heart to be a missionary, that we will say, go. And we will send. And you will not worry about whether your church has your back, because we know where God is sending. Right? As I preach this message, I preach this message to the preachers, to the church. There is no one here who will sit and do nothing. Do you hear me, church? Do you hear me? Because if God sends out preachers from you, you will be responsible for them. You will be. And you will be faithful to it. Here's the thing. God's not called us to the sitting on of pews. Right? Now I'm glad y'all are sitting and not standing and running around. But we come here to prepare ourselves to go there. 
And God is raising up preachers here in all the years that I've been here. In all the years that I've been here. Man, how many times, Shane, have I seen men being called by God? (laughs) I never would have thought it would have been us. Never would I have thought it would have been us. And there's times that I wonder what in the world has he been doing here? Why? Like, what's going on in all of this? God is being faithful. Because Shane, when you preach, Kobe, when you preach, Dustin, when you preach, there are those who have not here heard this truth, they will hear this truth from your lips. What a weight is that. There will be men and women that we meet on the streets of glory that will be there because God called us and we were faithful to that. Church, you are not left out In this calling. Do you understand that? That in this calling. There are those who go. And there are those who sin. And there's no other category except for sin. We're either going. Sending. Or sinning. We're going. Sending or sinning. There is no other category. Who here wants to be in sin? When we know that souls are on the line. Will we do what's necessary to sin? Will we have a mentality? I've heard it called a wartime mentality. Where we pull together All that we have for the central cause of the spread of the gospel. As a church, will we risk looking foolish? Will we risk spending our money in places that we don't see these pews fill up? Because i got to be quite honest with you. When I come and I preach to a handful of you, I feel like you all are going to be more effective than if every single pew here was filled. Because never do you see this kind of truth being a popular thing. What you see is men rising up, taking on this calling, and going. And that's what I want to see from us as a church. How are they to believe in Him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone Preaching. Do you know how this truth spreads? As a church, we spread this truth as we preach and proclaim this truth. And it is central to all that we do that we proclaim and preach the truth of Christ. And Christ crucified. Here, in our communities, to the ends of the earth.
And as I'm thinking about where's all this stuff going, like what's God doing here, I don't want to say it's going to be something small, right? I don't want to say that I'm going to see the edges of it. What I want to know is that the truth that God has been working out throughout history is being worked out here. That men, families are going because people have yet to hear the truth of who Christ is. And it concerns us here in Cordova, Alabama enough that we would say, what can we do that that's not true? Do you know that there will be a day that that's not true? Do you know that there will be a day when there is not an unreached people? There will be a day when there is not a people who do not have Bibles in their own language. That day is coming. We here today, the small group of people, are playing a part in that. Because God has been, will continue to be faithful in sending men to preach His Word. It will not die. It cannot die. Because God is alive. And God cannot fail to fulfill the promises that He has laid out. And how are they, verse 15, and how are they to preach unless they are sent? I want to read it again. I want us to think about two ways in which this can be understood. And how are they to preach? How are preachers to preach unless they're sent? Primarily, how are we sent, man? God calls us. And here's what I want to say. Dustin, you're going to Honduras in November if you're alive, if we're still here, if Christ has not come back. I want to be honest. I want you to be honest with them. Can you afford to go to Honduras in November? God's going to send you to Honduras in November. Do you believe that, church? Do you believe that come November 12th through the 19th, 2016, God not having come back by then, that Dustin will be preaching in Honduras? How if he's not sent? How? This is, I, I, want, I want to say it like, this is very practical. Very like, real time. Where could we spend our efforts? Where could we spend our money? Where could we spend our everything? Here, we have those who need sending. Will we be a church that sends? Will we be a church that concerns ourselves with that? Kobe, two years. God has placed on your heart at this moment it's sitting, that you may be going to Honduras. N- not for a week, but maybe for a couple. Right? Maybe for some length of time. How will you go? 
We will send you. We will send you. Will we send them? Church, will we send? How will they go unless they're sent? How will they go? Tell me. God will provide through the church. Yeah. We're not going to put our hands behind our back and say, let's wait till God rains money down from heaven. We're going to say, how can I have a mentality that says, we're at war. There are those dying. What can I do? And it's not sitting on the porch. It's not sitting in your rocking chair or your recliner hoping that someone won't come and tell you that you can do something. And this is where I want to say, I don't want your money, right? Like, this is not what I'm like... I'm not passing around an offering plate after this. I'm not saying, could we take up a big old donation and then I want to walk it over here to Dustin and I want to say, Dustin, you see that message that I preach? You get to go to Honduras because of that. Because the way that God does this, He does it in a way that Dustin will go and I'll be like, how'd you get there, man? Right? And then at the end of that, what will we say? God did it. God provided. But He will use you to do it. Right? How will they go unless they're sent? This is, this is too, like, immediate, within short span of time that we can be thinking about how do we send to the nations. I don't want us to stop there, though. Right? I don't want us to stop with Honduras. Right, Because here's what I believe, is that I believe that God is stirring within the hearts of this church that there will be more than just Honduras. That there will be places that we have not named yet that God will lead men to. I believe that. Without a doubt, without question in my mind, I believe that God is doing that. And when those come, will we sin? And what will we do in the meantime? Will we store up in our storehouses? Or will we seek as individuals? Will we seek as a church body to say, there are places that have not been reached. What are those places? What are those places? How can we give there? How can we be a church who sins and goes? How can we be a church that preaches and sends preachers? Like I want us to think on these things. I want us to consider these things. These are real things. When, when I said earlier that there would be people that we meet on the streets of glory that are there because we preach the gospel... There will be people on the streets of glory that you run in contact with that are there because you had a dollar that you could give. Right? 
There are going to be people who were there because you did a little thing. God works in little things to do big things. Like when I consider how we're going to Honduras now, and I don't know if I've ever said the whole dynamic in the way that it works. Because I hear, here's what, here's what I hear. I hear a lot of times like people divide the thing up into like, we, we, we should concern ourselves more with local mission. Yes, you should. Every time you go to church or every time you go to work, you're in local mission. Right? For three and a half years, I worked with what is one of my best friends. He was an intern. He, when he came there, did not know Christ. Three and a half years. I was teaching him how to do the job. And I was sharing with him, both in action and in word, the gospel. At the end of that three years, he graduates college. He goes to another job. And I say to myself, Lord, that was a lot of time invested you know, I, I, I saw the seeds planted. I, I did the best I could to water those seeds. I would sure like to see something blossom from that local mission in my job. Now we go to Honduras with him and his wife. Do you think in that moment that I was thinking we were going to Honduras? Three and a half years and he leaves yet to receive Christ. Do you think that I'm going with him to Honduras? This is why I say I don't, I don't want to say here's where this thing's going to end. Because it's already gone much farther than I ever thought it would. And it will continue to do so. Because God is faithful. God is faithful. He's faithful to us, though so many times we've been unfaithful to Him. Do you, church, do you believe that there will be someone who otherwise never would have heard the gospel that will hear the gospel because of us? I'm not talking about because of Shane or because of Kobe or because of Dustin. I'm talking about because of us as a whole as a family, will there be men and women in heaven because of us? Not if we keep it locked in these doors. Not if our efforts and concerns are with these walls and with this carpet. Not if where we spend our money is in the same place as the world spends its money. But I believe God to be a faithful God to His Word. And I believe that when His Word is preached, He is faithful through His Holy Spirit to change the hearts of people. And I believe that He will do that with us. I believe He has been doing that. And I believe He will be faithful to continue in that. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of of those who preach the good news. Not the faces, not the minds, not the tongues, not the words, not the passions, 
not the body's feet. Why the feet? Why, as I'm reading this, and I'm thinking all the things that he could have said there, why the feet? Because the feet get no glory for the steps that they take one after another. The feet don't see where the feet are going. The feet don't see where they will end. The feet are the dirtiest things. In their day, it would have been the things that you would have washed when you got home. Because it gets filthy as you go to and fro. Yet beautiful, we're told, are the feet of those who preach the gospel. Why? Because they go. Simply go. It's not the lips, because it's not what I'm going to say. Because it's God's Word that will be spoken. It's not the mind, because it's not how well I can put together sermons. It's not the passions, because it's not with how much passion or how strongly I can speak words to you, because if God doesn't move, we will not be moved. It's with the feet, because with the feet, we take the first step. And at the end of it, we find that the first thousand miles starts with the first step. How beautiful are the feet. Let's flip to where this quotation comes from. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 7. And we're going to end with this. It's a quotation that Paul makes here from the book of Isaiah. Chapter 52, verse 7 through 10 is what we're going to read. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. The voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice. Together they sing for joy, for eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together in singing, you waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted His people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has barred his ho- has bared His holy arm before the eyes of all the nations and All the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of the Lord. How beautiful are the feet because they go. How beautiful is the church because we send them. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for all that you are, all that you have done. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would move within the hearts of each and every individual here, each person that is part of this body here at Mount Carmel, that you would stir within them. Lord, that you would maybe even leave them a little restless as they consider such a weighty call that you've placed not only on the preachers, but on those who send the preachers. Lord, you have called us and you are sending us, you are equipping us as individuals in this church, you are preparing us for something, Lord, I I cannot yet see or imagine what. Um, Lord, let me take one step at a time. Let us as a church take one step at a time because i got to be real, man. I have no idea. I have no idea where to go. Lord, each step that I take, I pray that it's lit with your word. Lord, again, I thank you that you've called um, 
so many men from this church to preach and proclaim your word. I pray that this would be an encouragement to them. Um, They are such an encouragement to me that you are alive and well here among us at Mount Carmel. I pray that you would equip us, Lord, that you would give us a wisdom. Lord, as we take up offerings, as we consider how to spend our hard-earned money, Lord, I, I pray that you would give us hearts. Um, it would it would be it would be burdened for the fact that there are people who can't read your word, Lord. As we as we take it for granted, because we got sixty of them in every translation we can find, and we give little thought this time of year that, that there are those that don't know that a child has been that a child has been born, that a king has come. Uh, Lord, I know that you're faithful, and and I know that you're gonna you're gonna have your will. I I I pray and I I beg you that you would you would use us here at Mount Carmel. Lord, don't look us over. Give us strength and courage. Lord, set us in a direction, and let us be faithful to walk that path. Lord, that there may be those that we meet in glory that we preached to or that we sent preachers to. What a crazy, crazy thing that you would involve us in this. I thank you because I know I'm undeserving of it. That you would let us take part in this. What a humbling thing that is. Lord, I pray that you would bless your people this week as you send them out in the directions that you've set for them. That they would be faithful in sharing the gospel with those that they come in contact with from day to day. It's in Christ's name.